Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of September 8th. I'm DirtOnDirt.com staff writer Joshua Joyner, here as always to discuss all of the latest Dirt Late Model news results and uh, the, the rest of everything going on in the Dirt Late Model world with the rest of the uh, DOD editorial staff. It's uh, it's a big week. It's World 100 week. Not not just one World 100, it's double World 100 weeks. Uh, Dirt on Dirt Managing Editor Todd Turner, are you uh, are you excited? Yeah, so if they could do something about this scheduling, the Labor Day stuff and the Eldora <laughs> stuff, it it's grown together on us. But uh, but maybe this will be the last year. It's like that after uh, the dreams and worlds. But uh, love the holiday weekends. Uh, but I would love to be barbecuing and stuff more than uh, uh, chasing the results like we do. But but uh, Eldora Eldora will make it all new again here uh, just tomorrow. Just uh, or just when the races get going. That's right. It'll re-energize. It's crazy. Even with a, a, quite a bit of rainouts on Sunday, including Tyler County's Hibley 100, it, it still felt almost overwhelming and uh, with all the results and everything going on. And then like we turn around and it, we're right into Eldora. But uh, our uh, senior writer, Kevin Kovac, doesn't let that uh, slow him down. I know he's excited to get back to Eldora, aren't you, Kevin? Oh, yeah. It's always here. Yeah, it, it does. And it is a grueling uh you know like a stretch here like with so many labor day and you're at the end of the summer and it's but um yeah it does it does like have us have a, a way of a kind of re-energizing you know, there when you get in eldora and you see all those all those campers and then you see all the cars in the pits and you see that you get the you feel the the atmosphere there it's a uh, it's always it's always cool i mean I've, I've every time i've gone to eldora i walk through that tunnel and come up through into the pits and uh, i kind of get a good you know, get a, get get a little bit of uh, electricity in my in my veins there a little bit. So uh, I think it'll be the same way. There you go. I hear you. I, I kind of get the same feeling every time I go. I know I've been going a little a little bit less than than you have. So hopefully, uh, you know, that continues. Uh, our uh, weekend editor Robert Holman. Robert, you still get tingles and and uh, excitement every time you go back to Eldora. Uh, absolutely. You know, it usually happens when I, like you guys kind of said, when you when you get there. There are a lot of times when I kind of dread, you know, I'm like, like Todd said, it's a long Labor Day weekend, and Tuesday was really the only day that we kind of had a, a break, uh, really with no racing for about a nine-day stretch. So, so usually, you know, you kind of dread it at first, you know, like, oh, kind of, and plus it's a long drive, and you know, but man, when you when you get there and you see it and you you come up on the the track and all, and you and you roll in and you check in and get your credentials and stuff, and then you start seeing people and and, and that you haven't seen in a while, man, it, it's exciting. And, and so, so definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to it. That's right. And I know we're, uh, we're all excited to get back to Eldora. And uh, as part of that, we're going to talk a lot about Eldora. We're going to share some, some past memories of our uh, cover, us covering going to Eldora um, in the past. So excited about that. But uh, first let's, uh, let's look back a little bit over, like we said, a busy uh, Labor Day weekend. It, it started off on Thursday with what would usually be, Kind of a, a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal, but you know, forty thousand to win race in the middle of the week would normally be pretty huge, and now it's just another big race in the middle of the week because they seem to happen almost every week these days. Uh, but it was still, it was still a big race. Forty thousand on the line. Brandon Overton uh, impressively uh, gets out of the rubber and makes the pass on Jonathan Davenport uh, there at Cherokee to to get the big win, uh, a big boost for him going into uh, obviously. Returned Eldora, where he's uh, riding a win streak of four in a row. So he'll look to uh, continue that when he gets to Eldora. Uh, and the the Luke, uh, let's see, World of Outlaws also went to Volunteer, where Brandon Shepard got the win in a kind of uh, hectic, chaotic feature there at Volunteer. Had some crazy things going on, but uh, so he's kind of back on on the upward trend and looking for a a big win. I'm sure to add to his campaign this year, as it's kind of lacking that, despite his dominance or, or picking up his dominance of the world of outlaws and then on the lucas old side you had uh tim mccready uh winning there at, at portsmouth uh holding off devin moran's charge but first had a, a, a impressive three wide move to take the lead then held, held off devin moran again another guy on an upward trend going into the world 100 that uh, figures to probably be a factor there uh i guess we'll, we'll go around um kind of as our part of our review and i wanted to ask you guys to kind of provide one thing that you saw over the weekend that Change, either changed your outlook on what we we see going into the world 100 you know a driver performing well that you you think that'll carry over or someone that kind of you know gives you some some, some hesitance to uh, think they'll run well after you were thinking they were something that changed things going into the world that occurred this past weekend uh, is there anything that stood out to you guys and i will start with you kevin what do you got 
well, one thing that didn't change, I guess, was uh, <laughs> Brandon Overton being ready to go. <laughs> I mean, like like you mentioned that he made a pass on a rubbered up racetrack, really. I mean, I I, I was like, man, this this Cherokee, it, there's nothing's happening here. It's it's gonna be Jonathan Davenport if he doesn't blow a tire, he's winning. And, and Brandon Overton went to the middle of the racetrack there. Not I mean, not all the way to the top or anything, but he was able to get out of that rubber and surprised Jonathan Davenport and took the lead, uh, which was pretty damn impressive. I thought, you know, and uh, that, that's, I think it really shows that he's ready to go. And, and then if I, I kind of, if I look here, I guess it's talk about the, the Baltus classic on Sunday at, at Eldora. The track was super rough. Uh, I mean, if I looked at that right there, I'd be like, well, that right there is changing my impression of what could be coming in store for this week. Because, I mean, it, it, it's cars are bouncing around. The track was fast, uh, rough on stuff. I mean, there wasn't, I mean, less than 10 cars finished uh, the 30 the lapper. And and so you look at that and it's like, well, you know what? I, I'm not going to rate Brandon Overton. His odds are coming down of uh, having a chance of like doing what he did for the dream because that's not the condition that he's going to want. He doesn't want to have to be up on the wall and, and uh, bouncing through the, the holes and everything. And, uh, but then I look at the, so I guess this is the thing that I, that, that changes my, uh, the, the big change, I guess, I, after seeing that Sunday and then looking at the forecast, the weather forecast for the week at Eldora, which looks like it's sunny in the upper seventies, basically every day, a uh, great forecast per, I mean, you probably couldn't ask for better. Uh, that's right there in the wheelhouse of Brandon Overton. So, I mean, I've no, if there's no bad luck, I think he's going to be really tough and, uh, I mean, there was a lot of rain before Sunday's race. That's really, I'm, I'm, I would imagine, is the reason why it was so rough like that. So I wouldn't be expecting those kind of conditions again. So the guys that you would be expecting, the Jonathan Davenport's also, the Tim McCready's, uh, they're going to be right up there because of that. And, and, and I, I, I say I change things because of what I see in the forecast. Yeah, that's a very, you actually make a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. It did uh, lead to, I'm sure there were some guys who saw what happened Sunday and had a, you know, some reservations about, you know, how things may go uh, this week. And, and you're exactly right. That's if it's anything like that. And again, it, you know, it's a good chance it won't be with the weather turning nice and, and being nice through the week. But if it's anything like that, that does uh, not tend to favor Overton. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that factors into it. Todd, what about you? What did you uh, see over the past weekend uh, that maybe changed your, uh, your outlook going into the, the worlds here? I mean, I echo what Kevin said. I mean, those are the things I would talk about, particularly Overton's past there at Cherokee. I mean, you know, before that Overton was kind of running, you'd see him run up in the higher part of the groove, um, you know, kind of trying to figure out where his car would be, you know, or he might have a chance to pass somebody. I mean, there was, I'm not sure anybody was passing anybody. You know, there was a lot of shuffling because of flat tires and stuff. But Overton, I mean, what when he whipped around Davenport there, and I, again, again, I encourage people to look at the video. It was, it was an out-of-this-world pass, uh, one of the most difficult passes you can make. And Davenport, he's seen it all, but you could tell he was, he was genuinely like, wow, I can't believe he did that to me. Um, and if he's doing that kind of stuff, um, you know, and we saw him at Eldora at the Dreams, you know, just <laughs> often out there by himself out front, just kind of, you know, that smooth, super smooth line just through the middle of the track. You know, it, he's, um, you know, yeah, there's no there's no change in my mind that, uh, that he's the guy to beat uh, coming up here at Eldora. So... Um, yeah, that was the big thing, the big thing for me, I, you know, nothing else, I guess maybe if I had to mention one other guy, uh, we got Pierce's, uh, fire stoked a little bit with his, uh, his Fairberry win there. He was getting, he was getting into it. He felt, he felt, you know, I guess he's been, um, he's been tagged with, uh, being, being a little rough and hitting the, fin hitting a few fenders and stuff. And I think he felt like he was the guy that got, uh, poked around at Fairbury there. So maybe his, uh, his enthusiasm and his, uh, you know, his will to really, really hang it all out there. Uh, maybe got raised a little bit heading to Eldora, but, uh, but as Kevin mentioned, if the track is smooth and similar to was, was at the dream that that play plays against Pierce a little bit, he's probably hoping for a little, little character to the track. 
Yeah, I was going to say Pierce probably saw that on Sunday and said, oh, I hope it's, it's kind of like that come uh, come Wednesday and through the week. That would be good for, for him, I'm sure. But uh, I will say, Todd, you mentioned it, you know, that folks should go check out uh, Overton's pass uh, to win there at Cherokee. should also check out the Fairbury highlights. That was a heck of a race uh, there uh, Pierce had with McKay Winger. So uh, definitely a good race there at Fairbury and, and gave uh, Bobby Pierce a boost going uh, back to the to the world. Uh, uh, Robert, what about you? What did you see this weekend that made you think uh, things uh, about things this week at Eldor? Well, first of all, I don't think that you guys should should overlook the fact of how Brandon Overton used to actually the Brandon Overton that kind of we kind of grew up on the we saw on the cushion. You know, this guy can get it done no matter what the track conditions the only thing about the track conditions are it makes it obviously a little, little more treacherous and it brings into you know a few other factors in terms of um you know making sure all the bolts you know stay on the car and and you know you don't have a flat and you know knock a wheel off or knock a spoiler off if you are up there on the cushion and and you know sometimes at, at eldora there when it does get a, a big Cushion. That cushion is is actually when it, when the weather is is not, uh, you know, like we would want it. When the weather's not great, sometimes that cushion is way off the fence anyway. So I don't think that's really an issue. I think it's more of an issue, really, for Overton to uh, um, just to just keep his car intact. And I think that that the the cushion and the rough track pretty much gives you you know more opportunities to have car problems other than driver problems i don't think it's going to be a driver problem whatsoever because overton can get it done in any conditions the other thing i guess that kind of you know i, I noticed obviously is tim mccready excellent weekend and he is really sneaky good at, at at Eldora, he's kind of one of those guys to me who is, who is an as good as you know. He won, uh, you know, one of the races, the first race, I guess, with no fans or whatever. And to me, he is just one of those guys that's. I hate to call him under the radar because it's freaking Tim McCready, but at Eldora, he's just not always the guy we point to as a favorite. But he just had a, a really great weekend, and he could easily be a, a one of the favorites going into this this weekend so so that's that's one of the things i guess that that kind of stood out was mccready's weekend and uh and obviously you know overton was just overton at cherokee <laughs> so uh you know i i don't i don't think that uh anything's changed dramatically other than i think we should maybe you know keep an eye on mccready and my and one of my picks i guess you know uh, I'm not trying to spoiler alert, but uh, uh, Hudson O'Neill had a, a pretty good run in the the Baltus Classic. I think he finished second or something like that. So, uh, so, so I don't think you know anything's dr drastically changed. I think we're we're in for a a great great week, and uh, I think we really just be prepared for the unexpected because Eldora kind of provides that from time to time. Yeah, and I you kind of stole mine there. I was hoping I could get Pat through the three of you guys going without someone mentioning. But yeah, I was gonna go with Tim McCready as well as what kind of uh, you know kind of raised my eyebrows was uh, he obviously McCready's good at Eldora. He's good just about everywhere, but he kind of goes. He's never like dominant or hasn't been too dominant going into Eldora. It seems like to me lately. And now he's won two in a row on the Lucas Oil Series. Kind of gained that that uh, momentum in the title chase and really has a firm grip on that. I feel like he's probably riding pretty high going uh, to Eldora where he's pretty good anyway. Um, and I feel like he's probably got, uh, I, I had to pick someone besides Overton as my favorite uh, would, would have to be McCready probably uh, with the way he's running right now compared to some other guys. Um, you know, Davenport uh, mentioned this, I mentioned this in the top 25 note. Uh, he's on his longest winless streak of the year, unless you count January to February when there wasn't other than speed weeks, you know, the break there. I don't count that um, for me, but 
But his longest winless streak of the year going uh, a little over a month now since he won at Cedar Lake. So uh, he's a little little down, and I would expect him to be a favorite. Um, but after what's been going you know, the past week, couple of weeks, and definitely this past weekend, um, I would look at Overton, of course, and then McCready as uh, kind of the two that I see that are heading in there with the most – uh, most uh, momentum, but as Robert said, it is unpredictable, and you can't ever tell based on just that. So we'll see. It'll be exciting to watch. One thing I do want to mention, uh, I forgot, um, again, all the racing going on over Labor Day. It's easy to forget about a couple things. And I like to mention all the national tour winners, and I forgot about the, uh, the probably the most interesting one, which was Ben Watkins winning um, a big upset win for him, the South Carolina driver at Livonia Speedway on, I believe that was – Friday at this point. So it seems like forever ago, but congrats to him on a, a big win on a, on a national touring win there with the outlaws there. So, uh, another thing, uh, it's kind of a preview here for the world 100 and Eldora I thought it'd be pretty cool. It's, it's just historic. And if you haven't been, you know, watching all the road to Eldora stuff and bringing back some of the history of the world 100 and the, uh, the, the, um, Love letter to Eldora, uh, dear Eldora, whatever we call that. The the video dropped uh, earlier this week that was just amazing. Some of that really brought back the history feel of what this uh, this week is, and it is the 50th World 100, not Wednesday. That's the or Wednesday and Thursday. That's the 51st. Friday and Saturday would be the 50th, technically. Uh, the is what Eldora is calling it. So however you want to look at that, but um, it is kind of a historical significance in the sport. So I figured I'd uh, kind of let's do a historical look for us personally and go back and talk about maybe our first trip to Eldor, whether it was as a fan um, going there as a, as a reporter uh, and covering it or whatever it may have been uh, kind of what you remember of your, your first trip at Eldor and Todd, I'll uh, I'm, I'm guessing it may be in chronological order here. If I start with, with Todd going back the farthest, we'll find out, but Todd, do you remember your first trip uh, to, to we'll go to, we'll say world 100. If you can remember exactly when that was, you remember your first one? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I, I guess I'll break it up into my first as a fan and my first as a reporter because those are like like that. two different things. Um, uh, and, and for a long time, I felt a little guilty because I kind of came to Dirt Laymar racing a little bit late. So my first World 100 wasn't until 1991. And I'd been going to dirt races for about five years but i was i don't know eldora was just you know just never kind of made it up there and i really kind of went up there on a lark in 91 just on that saturday night with a friend and it, it turned out to be a a great one to go to though you know moyer's first world 100 win um and that was kind of back in the era when the the guy the, the leader would often lap everybody or just blow people away so the race itself wasn't all that exciting uh, I do remember, and I had to look this up to verify this, Ronnie Johnson drove Jack Boggs' car, which was an odd thing. You know, we don't we don't see that a lot these days, like two high-level drivers, like somebody driving their car. And I, I assume that was, you know, connected through the Masters Belt thing. But that's kind of the quirkiest thing I remember. But I did go there and sit in in the grass, which I guess is not even like it is now, in turn one. And, uh, you know, not, we were kind of late arriving, didn't get the best seats, but it, it was, it lived up to not being any other race, like any other race I'd ever been to before. And just from just, you know, the volume of cars, the, the fans, the, you know, the, the prestige, the, the pre-race stuff, it was just, it was very, very, um, yeah, it was like, wow, this is this is the real deal. And it's weird to think, it, I guess it was four or five years later that I first kind of came as an, a, an unofficial or official media member uh, and then would be up in the tower and kind of, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of a behind the scenes, kind of low key guy and try to stay out of it. But it is kind of it was fun to be up there and to hear all the inner going the inner workings of what goes on with earl and back then larry boos and uh um you know I, I remember and i guess i've talked about this before earl this is at a dream but earl and donnie moran paying him paying him off for the for the dream in cash i mean there's just like wads of cash up on this table and they're like paying donnie his one hundred thousand for a dream and it was just us three up there in the room i was working on my story and it was a little surreal, you know, then and even and now I look at it and I think, wow, that was pretty cool to be, you know, kind of up there like that. But it's a great place to cover a race and, and the, the excitement. I know Bob Marcos messaged me uh, one time and said, hey, remember when the Bloom, Bloom Chris Fry thing happened at the 
the back in 96 or seven, I guess. And, and, and I, I'd kind of forgotten about that, but me and him were sitting together and he, he was telling me what I had said, which I love when I hear about things that I did that I don't remember. It's kind of like, you know, extra memories. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, it, it's always been a great place to cover a race. So those first those first times doing that and the first as a fan would just, um, yeah, you just, you don't forget it. You know, there's lots of there's lots of tracks I go to for the first time or, or once or whatever, and I literally forget it and don't, no, nothing struck me about it. But you don't, you don't forget Eldora that first time. Yeah, you mentioned uh, seeing the inner workings there behind the scenes when you became a you know a, a reporter there and was up in the tower. The, do you uh, recall the seeing the fifty-fifty money being uh, put together at all, or are the rumors of it being carried out in trash bags true? <laughs> well, back back in those earliest days, it wasn't that big a deal. But I was there the time that I, I forget it was a tax thing or the state came in, right. the state, they came in and took all the money. I do remember that one. And I can't, rem- I mean, that, I can't remember what year that was, but they kind of, they kind of had to clean up the books a little bit to straighten that out <laughs> after that. Uh, but yeah, there was a, li- a big to do. Cause there was like these uniformed, uh, I don't know if it was state police officers, but they, clearly like state authorities were there on the scene. And yeah, there was bags of, the the fifty fifty was uh it was <laughs> that that was a strange thing to to see all that happen so now it's a uh, much uh not, not you don't have all that stuff anymore but I remember the night that happened that was a little uh a little weird yeah it's a uh, much more officially and um you know to the t le- legally ran these days I would say is I, I, someone said over a hundred grand in fifty fifty this weekend they're expecting is that is that true did I hear that or is that what they expect? I think, there, I think there's a, I think there's a carryover from the lap from the dream. I for one oh. of them, I believe. I think there's a, huh. so that's going to make the first one even bigger. Apparently. Wow, that'd be wild. But uh, but yeah, interesting stories there. You had to share, Todd. Uh, Robert, I saw when Todd mentioned, I think 1991 is his first trip to the world. You got your eyes kind of lit up. Did you did you have him beat? Is that what you were were going to say? No, no, did not have him beat. But that uh, was my first uh, first year to attend the World 100. Also. Oh, 1991. Wow. Yes, it was. <laughs> and and uh, I did not know Todd Turner. Um, I did not see Todd Turner. Uh, but I did see a spectacle that I did not expect. Uh, I remember my trip vividly. Uh, I was a uh, college dropout uh, living in Cookville. And just on a whim, I got in my crappy car and drove i remember driving uh to eldora by i went by myself uh i had enough money for one hotel for one night hotel didn't really have money for food much didn't have a lot of cash uh, i went to um up there by myself and i remember getting there about 30 miles you know 50 miles from the place and i didn't even tell anybody i was going I didn't tell a soul I was going. I just got my car and left. And uh, I was about an hour from the place, maybe. And I pulled over at a payphone, And I called my folks. My mom answers, you know. And I'm like, hey, mom, what are you doing? And I'm like, guess where I'm at? She had no clue. I'm like, I'm in Ohio. She's like, what are you doing in Ohio? And so, um, so I'm like, I'm on my way to the World 100. And she's like, really and it was really it was it's pretty it's just really cool you know i i I, like i said i stayed in dayton i had one enough for one night of a hotel so i go up there i went to qualifying and and got i sat about sat near the flag stand both nights to the to the left of the flag stand uh there on the front stretch had a really good seats and um I, like I said, I didn't have money for food. I did not buy food at the concession stand at all. I remember carrying uh, wheat thins <laughs> and some bananas. And, I mean, I didn't have this is, money. We're going you know? toward boondoggle so, territory. This, yeah, boondoggle say, area right here. Yeah. <laughs> this was a hardcore boondoggle, guys. I mean, so I, I didn't have money to buy ice for my cooler, so I got it. At, I think I stopped at a hotel one time and pretended to be a 
a guest so I could go in and get ice out of the cooler. I mean, I was broke, but I was determined to go to the World 100. So, and like Todd said, you get there and you're just amazed at this. And I was just taken in by it. And I'm like, this is, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. People at home that race that I know that friends that go to Winchester and Duck River and these places, they're never going to believe what I just saw. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. And of course, like you said, Billy Moore, won the race. And I don't honestly don't remember a ton about the race more than, you know, the trip, you know, uh, I left the track that night and my, uh, it wasn't in an Impala, but it was some kind of Buick four door. And I, I didn't have, uh, and I slept at the, uh, the rest area. I tell my son this every time we pass it. I'm like, Hey, that's the rest area. I slept out of my first trip to Eldora. I'm sure he's tired of hearing it, but right South of Florence, there's uh when you get into Kentucky, there's a rest area, you know, on the right, right there when you're going South there. And so I remember pulling up there and, and crawling in the back seat and sleeping, you know, the night after Billy Moria won that night, it was just, it was just an amazing trip. And I was by myself, unfortunately. So I didn't get to share it with anyone. But uh, but man, it was it, what what a what a spectacle the World 100 was, and it was that was '91, and it wasn't until 2001 when I went to work for National Dirt Digest with Todd Turner that I went back and uh, covered it for the very first time as a as a reporter. So, and I'd have to look it up to see who even won that race. You know, clearly for me the the first time you know was just obviously it stood out for everything. I mean, it was, it was really, it was really awesome. Sorry to, sorry to lead you guys on a crazy path there, but man, it was, I'm telling you, <laughs> you remember stuff like that. You know, you remember the car you were driving. The It was that big of a deal. You remember yeah. what you were driving, what you ate, where you stayed, you know, where you slept. I mean, it was just, it was, it was, it's that big, you know, I, I, I don't even remember the hotel I stayed at the first night after I got married. But I remember where I stayed the first, <laughs> the first, the first time, the first time uh, I went to the World 100. I'm telling you, it's that big. It yeah, is that I feel big. Like, you know? I feel like there's a joke in there somewhere that might not be appropriate for, <laughs> for, for, for our podcast here. But, but yeah, ain't no damn jokes. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I don't. I'm, I don't remember. But I do remember where I stayed at. The first night and the second night of the, my first World 100. So, yeah, it's great. I mean, <laughs> I, I, mean I, I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything. I feel like that could be uh, put into a book one day, uh, Robert. There, when you get some more time, can sit down and write your write you a book about all your boondoggles. <laughs> be an interesting chapter to say the least. But uh, uh, thanks for sharing there, Kevin. What about you? Did when when was your first World 100? When did you first go to Eldora? Because I think you I remember you telling me, and it wasn't a late model race. Um, yeah, when was I that? did it. What, 1991 it. wasn't my first for the. I did. I wasn't my first World 100, but I actually went to the Kings Royal for the sprint cars uh, first, 87 and 88. I know my father and a, and a guy that is Joey that we uh, lived in town with us that we always went to the races with, and uh, we all went to those. Uh, I was like 14 and 15, I guess, and. Uh, I mean, I remember those like Jack Hodenshield one, Steve Kinzer one, another one. Uh, I remember Jeff Gordon running a sprint car. Every, I mean, I, we sat right in the fourth turn end of the covered grandstand. And I, I do remember getting sandblasted, man. I was like, man, this place is really, I mean, the, the way the dirt hit you was different than what I, it didn't like stick to you, but it just bounced off of you. So, cause it was like getting sandblasted, but it was pretty cool. I remember, and I was there when Brad Doty uh, got, was injured in the second turn and was, it was uh, paralyzed. Uh, in a wreck uh, uh, during the Kings Royal. And I remember seeing Kenny Jacobs flip the Bob Weicker car over the wall and turn one and two where before there were seats over on the hill and I ran over there and checked it out. And uh, I remember my father telling me about like, Oh, I walked over there. I was walking around after the races and I talked to Earl Baltus. Boy, that guy, he's a, he's a character, you know? So I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I, I just remember all that stuff from those first couple races, but uh, and I did the first time I went to a late model race, I covered the million when I was with Ari Auto Racing News in 2001. And then my first World 100 was 2004. Uh, uh, we made a trip. Actually, it was Ari Auto. Like we did like a we had a tent there right outside of the the main grandstand, the cover grandstand off of turn four. Uh, 
uh, we went out there and we got a, we had the area auto racing news pace truck. And I went with the advertising director at the time, Joe Pratt. And we took out Miss Motorsports there that year too, to make, have her make appearance and sign autographs and stuff. And we hooked up the uh, U-Haul, a little U-Haul truck, little trailer behind our pickup truck and filled it up with area auto racing newspapers and uh, came out there so we could hand them out all weekend. And, uh, and the one, the one thing I always remember that is when we, because we pulled the truck in and uh, to to unload all the papers right outside the, the main grandstand at our little tent that we set up. And uh, I remember Larry Booz was there and uh, he's like directing me as I backed up and, and I backed up the truck and with the trailer in the back there. And he's like, man, you drive a truck for a living? You know, you know, you ever <laughs> drive a truck? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I never drove a truck. And he goes, man, you did that pretty good. You know, I mean, I didn't like jackknife it apparently. So I was very, I'm like, I actually told Larry that not too long ago. I said, remember that time in 2004, you asked me if I drove a truck because I was so impressively uh, able to back that thing up there to unload the paper. So I'll always remember that. Um, but as for the race, it was, it was kind of cool for me. Like my first world 100, you know, the, 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 it was so I'd hear everybody talk about it for so long. And, uh, you know, like I, I'd grown up going to super dirt week, uh, at Syracuse mile, which is, you know, the biggest big block modified race. So, uh, now I got to go to the biggest, uh, late model race. And, uh, I, I was able to compare I me. Mean, it, it was different because obviously the at Syracuse, the big mile track is a lot different than the half mile, but the atmosphere of the, the fun and the, the, the partying and the, and the campers and it was a lot alike and and um and and what was i i really thought was neat that uh, i mean i was covering it for area auto racing news the northeast newspaper and and the winner of that race was chubb frank he he won the uh the world his only world and and that was one of the guys uh, you know i mean I, I knew late model guys i mean i knew who everybody was uh but I wasn't as familiar with everybody outside of the Northeast as I was of like a Chubb Franks and the Rick Eckerts and, and, and those guys that were from my area because I'd cover them when they come to Hagerstown and when they would go to uh, other races that I, that I covered just in the Northeast. And, and here's Chubb and Chubb had come to the motorsports show in Philadelphia during the winter. So I knew him uh, probably was as, as much as him and Eckert. I knew more than any late model drivers at that time. And, and then Chubb wins. So I, kind of fitting i guess that my first world 100 was one of my uh northeast boys and pennsylvania boys won i guess so uh that that was a that was a good memory to, to have for my first world yeah you uh you must have been chubb's uh good luck charm there by, by being there and yeah for um so my first one was uh actually I, I attended my first time to eldora was uh was as a you know, working for dirt on dirt in 2011 for the dream um, and then I came back my first world later in the year. So I never went, um, being from Florida, it was quite a, quite a drive up to Eldora for us. And, and honestly, we were usually racing, um, you know, that weekend and is why we just never really went as fans, me or my family. It wasn't you know, something that we did, but, uh, always followed it and heard about it and knew about it and was pretty excited to get up there when I went to work for dirt on dirt. Um, and I just remember, honestly, I'll back up the thing I remember about the trip. Um, I know when I went to the dream, I drove in it at, at night up there and, and I didn't notice it, but driving up there for the world, I remember um, the uh, the drive into Cincinnati uh, as you're going in on the interstate there. And just the view of Cincinnati, the city was pretty cool. I don't know why that always stands out to me, but it was like one of the neatest skylines I've ever seen. But anyway, beside that, getting to the track was uh, was pretty exciting to get there and, and just just see it. You know, you hear about it. Um, and by that point, it's 2011. So 20 years later than, than Robert and Todd and. I guess, um, you know, a good bit later than, than you, Kevin, seeing it for the first time. It, it had grown quite a bit, I assume, and was even more overwhelming for me seeing it um, than it might have been for you guys. Because, I mean, I'm coming from – I had been to Charlotte at that point. I'd been there to the World Finals. But really, you know, I'm coming from just a couple of local tracks back home down here that maybe in total seat, you know, the maybe 3,000 could hold, four or something like that, um, compared to the, you know, however many people Eldora holds and it's gotten even bigger. Um, then and then and then I remember seeing it, you know, filled up um, once the racing started. It was just just really cool. Uh, I was kind of like you mentioned. Uh, who was it mentioned? They had to look back and see what actually happened in the race. Um, but I uh, was kind of the same way. I had forgotten. Like, I don't even remember who won that year and had to look back. And it was your Owens uh, uh, won and and uh, held off uh, Lanigan. And Owens dominated pretty much the entire race. And then Lanigan made a late charge and it got really close there at the end to make it a little bit exciting. But I remember thinking 
it was a little, I don't want to say disappointing, but the, the, the stand, the, the, the weekend was notable to me more because of the, the, the just overwhelming, you know, ness and the grandness of Eldora than, than the racing itself was, um, you know, at that point, but it's, uh, it's definitely had its good races since then. But, uh, yeah, I'll remember that being overwhelming, just thinking there's no way I'm going back to Southern Raceway after this. So <laughs> after seeing, seeing how big and impressive this place is, I have been back to Southern Raceway. Um, but it was, uh, it was definitely a lot different than a you know local track. What you got there, Robert? What is, what does it say about that facility, about that track, about that place that, that we collectively have our memories and have to look up to see who won the first time we went. I mean, that is that that to me speaks volumes about how special that place is. And when somebody's like, well, what is it about Eldora? And you say, well, it's the atmosphere. That's what we remember. That is what makes that place amazing. Yes, the racing has been amazing. And there are races that I definitely are years that I remember things happening like, you know, the year Moyer came from the rear, you know, with I think he had like twenties and forties on or twenties and thirties and right around the bottom and and one. And there are definitely races we remember that stand out for sure. But for us to say what stood out to you the first time, that's the atmosphere. It's all it's Eldora. It is that is what makes that place amazing. The people, the facility, uh, the people that run it. I mean, everything about it. Uh, is what makes it amazing. And I think it's, it's pretty cool that, that the four of us kind of collectively is like, ah, let's see, I look back to see how, who did what, you know? And I think that, I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah, it definitely says something because we, as many racetracks as we've all been to, to, to remember that more than uh, just the getting there for the first time, seeing it for the first time, perhaps than than the actual racing. Sometimes it's, it's pretty impressive, but uh, we will step back out of the, or step out of the past and back into the present or future, I guess. And, and uh, you know, finish up here by talking a little bit about this week's trip to Eldor, obviously uh, double world 100s with prelims, on Wednesday and the 51st World 100 on Thursday, and then another set of prelims on Friday and the 50th uh, World 100 on Saturday. Um, I want to get your guys's. We'll, we'll do two things here. We're gonna do. I want you guys to share one under the radar storyline that you'll be following this week at Eldora, and then make your winners pick. So one thing that's kind of you know under the radar that maybe is not getting a lot of attention, or, or there's something that you think will be interesting, and then who you think will win. Um, just pick your two winners. You don't have to give me a. Uh, uh, day, which one's going to win which day unless you want to go that specific but uh i'll start with uh, i'll start with you todd who do you got for uh, what do you got for an under the radar storyline going into the week and then who do you got for your winners so i guess my my under the radar start radar storyline would be and it may not be a big deal but tanner english you know skip the dream uh, kind of in preparation of the summer nationals he's had a good season uh a good first half of the summer nationals and not so much uh since then but it'll be interesting he gets his first First crack at Eldora uh, at a track where, you know, kind of spotty success at best. So we'll see. Uh, it'll just be fun to see Tanner on the track and, and getting to kind of go all out with that Riggs Motorsports team after kind of having to sit out of the dream. Uh, and my winner, yeah, I got to ride Brandon Overton until he doesn't win. Um, so, so get back to me after the first night and we'll, we'll see what it looks like. <laughs> but, uh, um, I, I, like you guys mentioned McCready before, I think he's my kind of safe long distance pick, but, uh, I think Overton is just, uh, he's the odds on favorite. And until he doesn't win, he'll, he'll be, uh, he'll be mine. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. And in fact, I'll jump in and make my picks because, um, I'd feel like it's a good time, but I'm, I'm with you there too, Todd. And I said this on the video cast. Uh, with Michael Rigsby there that I'm picking over him because how can you bet against him? And maybe you guys will, um, Kevin and, and Robert, but uh, I think it'd be be foolish against uh, at this point to bet against him. He swept the, the dreams impressively. Uh, and then he's been the best driver in the country since then. So um, if you, if I were a betting man and I were betting on this race, there's no way to, to go against him. So I'd pick him as my winner because I think he's going to win one or one of them at least. Um, and I would just pick him because I think, like I said, I, I don't know who else would, pick above him so that'd be my pick i'm under the radar uh storyline i don't i don't know if this is a storyline enough mentioned would technically enough uh worth mentioning but for me it would certainly be what i'm watching um besides all the the stuff going on and who's winning and writing about all that stuff um would be my brother making his eldora debut uh with the in the number 10 car joseph joiner um 
it'd be hard not to, you know, for me to pay attention to that. So, um, and uh, hopefully it's kind of under the radar because I don't want him to have too much pressure and feel like he's got to perform too, too, too well um, in his first time. And uh, just, you know, he can get in there and make some laps and uh, get some experience. Cause I think when you make your first trip there, it's, that's, uh, that's kind of what it's all about is, is getting, getting that experience. And so you can come back and be better the next time. Uh, <clears throat> we'll go uh, move to Robert. Robert, what do you have for uh, your under the radar storyline you're watching and then your winner's picks? Well, you know, first of all, I think it's very interesting that how um, everybody puts so much focus on this week. Um, you know, I know that that, uh, you know, your brother, for instance, went straight down after Cochran went straight down to Cock uh, went straight down to uh, Capitol, you know, and and began getting your stuff, getting y'all stuff ready to go up there. And uh, and he's he's not alone, certainly. Um one person that I noticed was G.R. Smith uh, down at Longhorn getting, uh, I don't know if they're both brand new, but definitely, you know, getting some some fresh rides uh, and they're, they're beautiful cars, getting some fresh rides ready to go uh, up there to Eldora. So, you know, a, a lot of people uh, have overlooked the fact that, you know, G.R. Smith has a globe at home, you know, I think, right? He has a globe as a car owner. So, you know, um, could GR Smith take a Longhorn up there now and get a globe as a, as a driver? What an upset that would be. I mean, that what would be that would be an incredible storyline, you know, an incredible story to to follow and to watch and to write about. So, uh, so you know, that's definitely under the radar. But uh, GR Smith among the guys that have really put a lot of focus into this weekend, and and he'll be up there with a pair of pair of uh, pair of fresh Longhorns. Uh, the winners, can I can I pick two different winners than I picked on the podcast on the the thing with we did with? <laughs> so you'll have, you'll have you'll have four winners by the time four. we get there. You're, 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 yeah. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna I'm gonna first of all, you guys are absolutely correct in that Brandon Overton is the favorite going into this weekend. I look at this and I'm like, how can a person possibly win five races in a row at, at Eldora? And he doesn't have to win five in a row to win a world 100 because he doesn't have to win the, the prelim, but you know, so he could, I just, it's so hard to bet against him because he's so darn good, but I will. I'm going with Hudson O'Neill and I don't even remember who my other pick was. I believe who was my other pick, Kevin? I cannot remember. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I have to go back to the Damn. video. I'm going with He's just saying Hudson. this to try to get another pick in. That's all. You know? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going with uh I'm going with Hudson O'Neill to win one and oh hell. Let's go Overton. I'll get a third pick there. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Got at least you know you got. Yeah, that's a safe bet. You get Overton as one of your picks, and then you got the other three to, <laughs> to, to, just in case. But good stuff. Uh, Kevin, what do you got? What do you got for a story under the radar storyline, and then your winners? Well, I'm going to start off with like, man, there's no way that the Joseph Joiner team hunt the front comes in there under the radar. Come on, I mean, like. Well, that's, on the competitive side, on the on the competitive I mean, it's end, not happening. there's yeah. going to be attention to the Joseph Joyner number ten car because I saw I was walking around with Joshua Joyner, one just one of the you know the the lower tier of the Hunter front. It just looks like all the other Hunter front guys, and I was walking around with him at the Dream, and they're these little kids are coming up, and you know, and Joshua even has his little thumbs up thing that he does in the photos. And, you know, I mean, he does his pose or signing autographs. I'm like, Oh, come on. There's there, this, this hunt the front program is not coming in uh, under the radar. So I just, I just needed to get that, get out that out there. Okay. So there will be Appreciate attention it. served to him, but uh, uh, one under the radar thing I'm looking at is, uh, is the tech, going on for the world one for the world 100 this weekend uh you, you remember it was pretty intensive after the dream last uh last june uh, because everybody was talking about the possibility of the traction control and brandon overton's car so remember they impounded the top five cars took them up into the um into the barn after the second uh, world on saturday night 
Uh, I'm not sure if they're doing that again. I mean, maybe uh, maybe that's just a, a one-time thing. I don't know because uh, they did throw that in right at the end of the of the week uh, at the Dream. But the guy who handled all that was Kenny Canada, uh, the World of Outlaws technical director. And mentioned we, we mentioned here that uh, uh, you know Kenny hasn't been on the World of Outlaws uh, uh, swing here. He hasn't been with the series for the last month because he had a lacerated spleen. He was diagnosed. He, he was found to have after the Cedar Lake uh, USA Nationals last month, and then he was also diagnosed with a form of lymphoma. Um, so he's getting, he's been tired. He's been worn out a little bit, he said, but he's been getting, you know, stronger and stronger. He said each day and he hasn't started his uh, treatments yet. Uh, he, I just checked with them. He did say, uh, he was starting them on the 13th. Uh, but he's planning to be there. I was wondering like, well, can he be there? Because he's really been the, the, the guy that handles the tech there and the most well, no, well, you know, most knowledgeable, most in, in touch with everything going on with the tech. Uh, technical issues and stuff with late model racing. So um, I was wondering if he's going to be there. And he he says he's going to give it a go this weekend. Uh, he's going to be there. I mean, maybe he'll be a he was he was slowed down better at, at during the big tech uh, inspection, post race inspection at the Dream because he hurt his back there. I remember him kind of hobbling around. He said he had twisted his back. So, but he's able to. But he was still underneath the cars and checking for the traction control and all the the big tech. So he said he'll be there. He's hoping to get through the weekend well. He's going to have. Well, obviously, the dirt car officials will be there teching also with him, but Kenny is the main guy. So what happens if uh, if Kenny isn't able to, you know, he feels he's not able to go the whole weekend. I mean, it's a pretty grueling weekend to be doing that all weekend. So, But it will be good to see Kenny there. And my picks, uh, uh, I, I, I said this on the video cast, my same picks that I went with for the dream. I picked Brandon Overton and Chris Madden. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll even say Overton wins the first one and Madden wins the second. Uh, I was close. I almost had both of them. For a minute there, I thought I was when Madden took the lead from uh, Overton back in uh, in June uh, at the second dream. So I was like, man, I'm gonna, I might be able to nail both of them. But Overton was so smooth and got him back. But I, I think Madden is just ready. Overton's gonna have to win one, but uh, I think Madden is ready to finally get that. I mean, there's so many times he's been there and. Uh, he he's due that something's gonna the things are just gonna fall into his into place for him i think and and he's gonna win the second one there you go good a good pick i think he's uh definitely a guy that's that's kind of on the radar to possibly break through uh this weekend and also mentioned uh with ken Kennedy. obviously our thoughts are with him and, and glad to hear he's gonna be back at the track and hope his recovery there and everything goes goes well um all right, I think did we get everybody on the, the under the radar and, and winners picks? I think so. So that leaves just uh, one more thing to do, which is our one more thing uh, we do every week, where we uh, look back on uh, the week uh, prior week and uh, one thing that stood out to us, whether it be a, a result um, or a uh, news item or something that that kind of stood out, caught our attention. Uh, I'd like to mention that and get it in as well. So I will uh, I'll go back to Todd and start with 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 you, Todd, for uh, one more thing. What you got for us? Uh, so Cole's steering of South Dakota. It's his first full model season. He's been leading them with soda points, uh, the weekly points most of the year. Uh, and then Labor Day weekend, he won three times in a row at uh, Gillette Speed's um, East-West Clash. Uh, not a huge car count there, but he's really been picking his spots to, to do well at certain tracks. And, uh, uh, you know, those points, you know, it's kind of weird how they all work out. But he he clearly has been in the lead most of the year, so Searing really did himself some favors and will have a chance uh, to maybe win the Wissota title in his first full late-model season. So Cole Searing uh, running very well uh, uh, up there in the upper Midwest. There you go. An impressive season for him, for sure, and an impressive weekend. Uh, Robert, what do you got for one more thing? Well, you know, I, I think that um, it was an interesting weekend and that we had some fresh faces in victory lane uh with obviously with like Watkins and and uh some and uh Luke Godert out there winning uh the Yankee Dirt Track Classic but also flipping that I also think that it, we it was an interesting weekend and that uh some guys who hadn't won on some tours in a while were back in victory lane like uh, uh BJ Robinson and uh, Morgan Bagley with comp cams tour and with, and, uh, uh, Franklin with the, uh, I guess he, he won, uh, was that a clash race or a ultimate race that he won? I can't remember exactly which one, but, uh, but, uh, um, but, uh, Rambo wins 
a touring race, you know, and he hadn't won a, a race, you know, I don't think in a while. So I think it was a great, interesting weekend. We had a great mix of winners, uh, some some new guys in victory lane, and then some guys who hadn't been there in a while win races. So I think that was a really, really cool about, about this weekend. There you go. Yeah, kind of a, a throwback to see some of those guys that uh, were in victory lane this weekend, like you said there. Kind of made me think we'd step back in time a few years, uh, some of those names. But uh, anyway, what do you got, Kevin, for uh, one more thing? How about uh, Port Royal Speedway on Saturday night? They had uh, 45 late models for their show, uh, Butch Renninger Memorial, and it was a 63-33 to, to win. Greg Sadley took the win there. But, man, at a time of the year when you, just a lot of tracks are – you know, struggling to pick up, so you get car counts. I mean, you're hoping to get just the full field at a lot of places. Uh, I mean, here's Port Royal, 45 cars Labor Day weekend. And he also had 38 limited late models there, too, running for 5,000 to win. Uh, and, and this is sprint car country, you know, and the sprint car, 410 sprint cars were there also on the first day of the Juniata County Fair that they had. So that was a big night for Port Royal. And uh, I, I, just, I just noticed that. And, Pretty impressive. Uh, pretty uh, and uh, Greg Satterley, of course, took the win. But Michael Norris, he got a flat tire after tangling. He was leading the race, got a flat tire after tangling with the, you know, got a little scrape with a lap car. And Norris almost was in line there for for two big wins in a row. Uh, he had won the night before at twelve thousand at uh, at Bedford Speedway in the Labor Day fifty five. So that would have been one heck of a weekend for Norris if he wouldn't have had that little stroke of bad luck, but a uh, big, big night at uh, Port Royal. I mean, I know like everybody uh, with that fair going on, that was, uh, you know, one of those uh, kind of a throwback night there, big fields, uh, got the fair going on late models and sprint cars uh, would have been a pretty neat show. Yeah. sounds like a, a big show there uh, over the weekend, but uh, I'll, uh, for my one more thing, I'll mention uh, Jason Croft, Georgia driver, winning the Rome boss at Rome Speedway kind of really kind of flew under the radar with just like I said with everything going on and I didn't catch that until today saw that he had won that uh kind of popped up there but that's a, a good win for him like I said he's a Georgia driver it runs a lot of the Southern All-Star stuff and and, and uh Sonoya Speedway and a couple of those other tracks so uh good to see him get a big win uh there at Rome wasn't a huge field 15 cars but still a pretty good good win for him so I believe that's going to do it for uh this week's edition of the podcast we're all uh, like I said excited to get to the world and and uh, going to have a busy week there. And, of course, we'll be back to uh, discuss it all and cover it all um, here next week, uh, on, 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 as always, on Wednesday. In the meantime, y'all stay uh, tuned to the website for all news, uh, notebooks, updates, all kinds of stuff, results, obviously. And then, uh, obviously, check out the live stream on Flow Racing from the double World 100s at Eldora Speedway. Till then, we'll see you next time. 